Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You are now listening to Blurdy Massacre Podcast. You know you want to get into it. Welcome back, you fucking heathens. It's Blurdy Baby, and oh lord, we have fucking missed you. Welcome back to season three. If you're new here, welcome to hell, um, or the closest thing to it. My name is Zero Gravity, and I'm joined with the ever so evil Sheree the Slayer. Hello. Ow, ow. And it's Black History Month, y'all, and we're we're really ready. We're on the dance floor. We're ready to pop our pussies with it. But before we start this thing off, we have a couple updates for the future of Blurdy that we think that you should know about. First things first, if you are up with our social media, you will have seen that Brother Ghoulish has left the chat. We love him very much. He's working on his own stuff right now, so make sure you keep up with him at Brother Ghoulish on all of his links. And he has left Sheree and I to to man the ship, um, which we continue. Keep it chaotic. <laughs> we'll go keep, keep it, it chaotic. chaotic. <laughs> keep it cute. Keep it chaotic. Listen, <laughs> we steer right into the waters. We're like we're the iceberg ahead. Fuck it. Look, <laughs> the little boat that could. Um, in addition, season three, we're gonna bring on the guests. So expect some very interesting conversation and to break up the headache that is Sheree and I going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> so every other week, we're going to have some really fun guests on the show, talk about their interests, what they like, pop culture that they've been sipping on, and things of the like. What else do we have, Sheree the Slayer? What's new? We are also giving some bonus content for those of y'all who know about the Patreon, because we came back on the Patreon. I think that that is just more than fair and fine because we do so many things and people should know and they should be able to see it. And we have a very affordable tier because we know this economy and we know what we do and don't have as horror fans in our wallets. <laughs> so we're not breaking the bank, but we are we are letting you know what we got. Come see us. Come see some videos. Come see some other things that we do on our off time because we're some busy blurs. Busy, busy blurs. And speaking of Busy Blurds, you can support the Busy Blurds with our new merch that just dropped. It's phenomenal. Mine is in the mail on the way to me right now. Some uh, holders to, um, to take good care of your beverages, you know? 
why you listen to Blurdy Massacre podcast, because I know damn well if it's one thing that Blurdy pairs well with, it is a nice, strong, or caffeinated beverage. So we got you covered there, and y'all should really check it out. Listen, it looks lit. I'm not going to lie. I was like, are we going to buy all of our own merch? Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. So if you rock with us, consider purchasing something off of our merch store as well. It helps us. It also makes you look really fucking cool. So if not for us, then then do it for yourself, damn it. Listen, and all those links are in the bio description. Description. That's what we're calling it on podcast episodes. You can tell I've done this before. I'm not struggling for words today at all. What? Not at all. <laughs> can you struggle to tell the people our topic today? Oh, yeah. Um, as y'all know, it's a Black History Month. And so with Black History Month comes the responsibility of all these streamers to actually put Black voices in those Black voices categories for 28 days. 29 this year. It's a leap year, y'all. Get into it. Extra day. Hopefully y'all remembered because it'll be awkward on day 29 <laughs> if we're all gone. So <laughs> me and Zero are going to tell y'all which movies we look forward to seeing every year at this time and movies just stick out all year round because just because the streamers put them up for one month of the year doesn't mean they're not bops. Doesn't mean they're not something worth watching and owning. We do the things, y'all. The black people are out there. We've been to space and back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, throw it back to our niggas in space episode. You know what? That let me just start it right there. That is a great place to start for your Black History Month uh listen list is uh niggas in space. That was a banger, y'all. That was listen. certainly, certainly. If podcasts get Pulitzers, period, <laughs> it will be that one. <laughs> We might be disqualified for our title, but you know what? It's spicy. It's interesting. Pull up on us. Before we get into these movies to recommend to you, Sheree, I think we got something going on elsewhere on the internet. Care to let us know? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. February is also the month where Girl That's Scary, our sister podcast, you should be following, you should be listening, you should be obsessed with them already. But for those of you who are new <laughs> to the horror podcast game, Girl That's Scary is out there and they're your favorite podcast that you should be listening to. Um, that's why we partner with them so much because like, yes, yes, and yes. But they take over Dread Central every month at this time. And so there's panels, there's live streams, there's articles, there's just cool shit happening celebrating Black History Month and Black Horror specifically. And you should definitely be seeing some familiar faces because we know that Zero is doing some things and I'm doing some things and we're doing some things together in the name of Black History at Dread Central. You're welcome. You're very, right. very welcome. Well, without further ado, let's give the people a little, a little homework, a little homework. Let's, let's, uh, let's hit it ping pong style. Give me your first wreck. Tell me about it. First wreck tells from the hood, hands down. This is the shit. <laughs> Rusty kind of did the damn things. It's the best horror anthology we've ever had. And so many white critics haven't gotten around to it, but go up for other anthologies that are biting from that hand. And I'm just like, no, do your homework, do your research. And to be completely transparent, um, the Rotten Tomatoes score on, yeah. Yeah, on Tales from the Hood. My villain origin story. Is, is, is our villain origin story. I'm looking at it right now. Rotten Tomatoes, we have 58%. IMDb has given us 6.5 out of 10, which I, with my whole chest, my ass, my pussy, my whole spirit, all of it, disagree with. And I'm sure most of us do as well. I know 
Jazz and Kat over at our sister podcast, they'd be ready to fight over this one. And I feel the same way. Especially when you clock that those are up from previous years. Because last time I checked, Tales from the Hood a couple years ago was like in the 40-something range. And I was like, oh, hell no. And that's why I'm around Tomatoes Critic now. Because through spite, all things are possible. Um, (laughs) I should get that fucking tatted on me at this point. Through spite, (laughs) anything is possible. Live your dreams. It's not as hard as it may seem. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw in a point five to match your uh, Tales from the Hood. I I routinely watch this once in February and then again in October just because it fucking fits. Um, but Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yes. You could get through that with the quickness with the fucking quickness, but it is a magnificent display of practical effects, of blackness, of talent. And I think it's kind of everlasting. So for the one time, you've got a couple extra minutes, I don't know, maybe on your train commute, give it a watch, relive the greatness, because it was fucking great. I was gonna say, I don't know a kid alive who didn't see that at an early age and trying to do the dances. And that's why a lot of us think that the undead are cool. Facts. Like, let's be honest. Facts. I think uh, Michael Jackson's thriller probably like, I don't want to say single-handedly, but TikTok would not be where it is if not for the virability of dancing. And the number of people out there that know Michael Jackson thriller dance is uh, definitely a hefty one. Definitely. I remember I was in the club around Halloween weekend last year and that song came on and I could not believe how many young people, like younger than us, I'm saying like early 20s, we're, we're busting that shit out. Some of them in costume. Listen, Some of them in costume. Because they're being raised right. Correct. <laughs> the parents are like, the YouTube University, as Kat said. YouTube. <laughs> listen, I too am a student of YouTube University. Everything that I know about anything is uh, from my degree, you know, bachelors of, of YouTube. BY. They should be asking for the student loan money, not That's my school. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'm just saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, but... If you were one of those kids who's busting down on the the thriller dance in the club in the year of our Lord at Kayla Cooper in 2024, odds are you were probably raised right. Odds are you probably seen Blackula. Yes. Correct. Yes. And if you haven't, go get on it. Listen, listen, listen. Blackula, Black Dracula, how can you go wrong? How can you go wrong? You can't. It, you, just, you just can't. So this one, Blackula, is... Uh, a 1972 film, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's it's Black Dracula. Um, it is black exploitation, but it's not as goofy as most black exploitation films are. It does take itself seriously, and I think we're owed that. First of all, Blackula himself is just fine as hell. It is really great to see our people just looking real good. It's black exploitation, so you know everybody's dressed to the nines, dressed to the nines, but also in positions of power in this fictional vampiric universe. After I watched this, granted, I will say I watched it way too late, but I'm glad that I did because it's probably in the tens and twenties of rewatches at this point. But I will never forget how fucking racist Dracula was. It is burned in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) When you see Blackula, you're like, it didn't have to be so racist. We could have done this instead. Let me read the synopsis real quick if I haven't seduced you into watching Blackula already. 
An 18th century African prince is turned into a vampire while visiting Transylvania. Two centuries later, he rises from his coffin, attacking various residents of Los Angeles, that's fine, and meets Tina, a woman who he believes is the reincarnation of his deceased wife. It's getting messy. It's getting spooky. It's getting scary. We are looking drippy throughout the entire film. It's just a good time. Scream, Blackie the Scream, I wouldn't say is like too important on your list. It certainly is fun. Pam Greer's and, there. And Pam Greer's there, which should, which should pull you up regardless. Um, but Blackula is 100%, 1,000% a must. Blackula's the reason a vampire Brooklyn never happened. Like, That's let's facts. just go ahead. Because yeah. you know, Eddie Murphy was definitely watching that and being like, if I put on a bad wig and an accent, could I too be a black Dracula? Close. He came <laughs> kind of close. And Wes Craven was like, yes. He did, he did. Him and Wes Craven did something. Yes. Shout out to Wes Craven, an ally. Listen, we love to see it. He was like, we can have black people on Imagine screens. Imagine that. Um, it gave us two movies where we were in the lead. But to get back to my actual list, because I will, I will always cheat and add some movies, especially if Wes Craven's involved. My next movie is Sugar Hill. Ooh. I don't mean the Wesley Snipes version. I mean the 1970 version with a badass bitch in the white jumpsuit who... That was an origin story to me. That should have led to a Black Station cinematic universe because <laughs> they came for a fiance and she's like, oh no, 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 through spite. Again, spite, see, spite. Look what we can do with the power <laughs> of spite. Sugar Hill is a fucking phenomenal movie. Probably a, a, a great moment that I have stuck in my brain. I was walking around a flea market, like way upstate. So, you know, it gets a little weird up there. I'm from New York. And I'm walking around the flea market. I see this guy. He's got VHS tapes on the table. And he's got Sugar Hill on there. And it is fucking sealed. Sealed in yeah. the fucking plastic. No mold. Perfect copy. I walked away with that tape for like three bucks. I could not have been a happier bitch. I am a collector. But also, like, I like to enjoy my toys. I like to enjoy my movies. So I did take it out of the plastic. Because how else was I going to watch it? I needed the cracklies and stuff. But that's a fucking grail right there. So let me read the synopsis for Sugar Hill real quick. When her boyfriend is brutally murdered after refusing to be shaken down by the local gangsters running the protection racket, Sugar Hill decides not to get mad, but bad. Calling upon the help of aged voodoo queen Mama Matrice, Sugar entreats to call upon Baron Samedi, which is really fucking cool, um, the Lord of the Dead, and help. Uh, for help in gaining a gruesome revenge. In exchange for the soul, the Dark Master raises up a zombie army to do her bidding. The bad guys who thought they were just getting away clean are about to find out that they are dead fucking wrong. I love it. I love it. Listen, I love a bad bitch. Bad bitch. Dang! <laughs> I love a bad bitch with a mission. She said, bitch, I'm not gonna, I am not going to lift a finger. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get real Haitian. I'm going to call on this, this voodoo general to help me out on my mission. And I'm going to sit back and let everyone else do, do my dirty work for me. Because you know what? That's what she deserves. I love that. And like any good queen, she's not afraid of throwing hands if she needs to. Because when that girlfriend tried her in her own establishment, she was like backhand. Bitch, what you say to me? And they fist fought right then and there. Mm. She's like, just because I, I don't like dirty up my hands and break my nails, don't mean I won't, bitch. Hey, <laughs> don't mean I won't. That shit is true 70s gangsta. Such a great movie. I think it holds up really well. The way that the zombies look are 
really unique and i i think to my knowledge a little bit more in touch with like the haitian origin of zombies we can say all day that george romero invented zombies which he kind of did on screen but my guy it was haitians haitians invented zombies and we get a little lick of that there really really fucking flawless film all right i'm gonna bump it up now to the girl with all the gifts we are going uh pretty far ahead in time. This is a 2016 film. It is another zombie flick, which I definitely have a taste for. And I love the story behind this film. We have a little bit of a Dwayne Jones, Night of the Living Dead situation. This movie is actually based on a book. And the lead character is a young girl who is somewhere between a human zombie hybrid. I don't know how she ended up there, Mom was maybe infected during pregnancy. I don't know. We don't really need to know. But what we do need to know is that we have this genre of children who are kind of in the in-between and will probably represent the the new society after zombies take us over, um, which is a very dark way of, of looking at it. But the way that we have kind of a Dwayne Jones, not a living dead situation is that the lead role, this young girl, it wasn't written to be a black girl but our lead pulls up to the reading absolutely fucking kills it now we have no choice but to put her in there and as soon as we put her in this role the movie can be translated and digested in way more ways than it initially would have i like to look at this as a kind of conversation starter about gentrification about pushing native or black and brown families out, what we would have to do to push them back in, the natural order of things, and also just straight up racism. Here's the synopsis for The Girl with All the Gifts. In the future, a strange fungus has changed nearly everyone into a thoughtless, flesh-eating monster. When a scientist and a teacher find a girl who seems to be immune to the fungus, they all begin a journey to save humanity. One thing that I will never forget about this movie is one quote that comes towards the end. And when you get there, it's going to give you goosebumps. But, you know, we're fighting the war for humanity and it's not looking good for the side of humans. When our lead um, looks at our other protagonists and says, why should it be us that die for you? And bitch, (laughs) I'm sitting there on the couch like, why is that? She's spitting facts. Why does it have to be us that take the shorthand for the the greater good of humanity? We just out here trying to live too. Right? No, I love that movie so fucking much. I actually listened to the audiobook last year because we did an episode on it. And I was like, I've never actually listened to the book. Let's do it. Melanie's that bitch. She really fucking is. She she is all of us. (laughs) We are all her. She is all in me. Um, Every woman. Every woman, because she definitely flipped the tables on them bitches. She was like, no, the system's broken. Burn it down, Um, which is what I yell every day. (laughs) Facts. While we out here with the children, I'm going to move on to my next pick, which is Eve's Bayou, Mm. which is 1997, Cassie Lemons did the damn things. If you're not familiar with Eve's Bayou, you get to see Black people in a Southern Gothic movie, which we don't get. 
when you see us in the Southern Gothic things, we are side characters usually, and we are usually slaves. And so I don't do it. But this is an all-Black cast doing all-Black business. But little bitty Journey Smollett <laughs> plays Eve, who is a daddy's girl. Until she finds out her daddy might have done something to her sister. And she's like, uh-uh, not in this fucking house. And our little rage baby goes to see Diane Carroll is playing a person who we don't normally put on a Diane Carroll resume, which is the reason why I love this movie. Cause normally she's like a gorgeous goddess because of course. And they're like, no, what if she's an older woman with like a little bitty bad wig? And she's like doing all kinds of evil shit. And she's a little bit sad <laughs> outside the box. I'm like, yes, more of that. Um, so Eve goes to see this woman after figuring out that these adult games are above her reach and she can't really do them as well as she thinks she is, even though she does some things in motion. And she gets this woman on her side to be like, yeah, I'll help you get rid of your dad. And then she decides that she doesn't want to kill him. Um, she's like, maybe I went too far, which I'm like, never, girl, never. Go for your rage through spite, all things possible. And, <laughs> and that is when we get to how things actually shake down in this movie, because we don't we don't need to manifest what we already manifested is what we mm. find out. Um, that's how I'm going to say it for those who've not seen it. Ooh, I like that. That's a good way of putting it. This is like, this is real black horror, y'all. Um, we have, especially with a woman directing, black director, all black cast, black themes, black family life. Why, why would we not jump all the way into this one? This cast, like this cast, we never had it so good. Because again, Journey Smollett, Diane Carroll, Samuel L. Jackson, Lynn Whitfield, Debbie Morgan, this is this could have gone to Broadway. Lisa Nicole Carson, y'all. Yo, like <laughs> you know what? You just kind of sparked something in me, but I think this would read really great as a stage play. It's my dream to adapt it in a stage play. Ooh, somebody hit up Sheree the Slayer. I will be like, <clears throat> Miss Lemons. <laughs> <laughs> I've read your story about a little angry girl who looks like me. I too <laughs> am an angry girl. <laughs> Can we do it? I know I don't have any money, but I have good intentions. <laughs> Yo. And a laptop. Another <laughs> thing about this film is we really have to fight for this one in in two ways. We like we fight for it in the realm of black horror, but also we have to mm -hmm. fight for it just as a horror in general. You know, this is one of those films that falls under the umbrella where the stinky critics will come out of the woodwork and say, well, it's not really horror, which means it is. Um, but this is yep. a very, very classic and straightforward example of Southern Gothic horror, which again, we don't see for ourselves unless we are working on the fucking plantation. So let us have right. it. I don't give a fuck. It's horror, it's gothic horror, it's feminist horror, it's uh, woman-driven horror, it's it's all the things. So I would like to stop having this argument at this point. It's the intersectionality we're always asking for, and people are like, we do that, and then we get it, and they're like, that's not, no, 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 it's not. And I'm like, it is, bitch, it is. And it makes me double happy because, like, Casey Lemons was that bitch. She was the sidekick black woman in so many movies, Signs of the Lamb, Candyman, um, 1992. And so to see her be like, I'm done I'm done with the sidekicking. I'm going to make my own stories. I'm going to direct my own stories. I'm going to have something that <laughs> is a fucking bop. Because like, 
the critics, the pasty critics had to start letting it in. Like it's getting all this glow up. It's in the Criterion collection now. Um, they had to eventually, even though they were trying to hate on it when it came out as they are wanting to do time and time again, they fucking failed because much like Eve through spite. Anything is possible. <laughs> Anything is possible. You don't have to manifest. You've already manifested. You put out a damn good movie girl <laughs> and the culture is finally catching up Period. 30 years later. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. My, my next pick, I won't say too much about because it's a short film. But a really important one um, is called Hair Wolf by Mariama Diallo. And this fucking short, y'all, is fucking effective. I love the tagline. The tagline is, a beautiful new film for beautiful people. And so I'm sitting there like, oh, <laughs> I think this film is for me. But here's, here's the synopsis. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> The staff of a black hair salon fend off a strange new monster. White women intent on sucking the lifeblood from black culture. Bitch, it doesn't get any more black than that. It Listen. doesn't. <laughs> it really fucking doesn't. This is a phenomenal short film. Um, it's not going to take too much of your time, so you really don't have an excuse uh, not to watch it. As a side note, though, I will say there is a similar feature-length film called Bad Hair that tries to emulate the same kind of thing, but in my humble opinion, is not super successful at that. I know you have a thought about this. Just go ahead and say yeah, it. Yeah, because so much like anything else, when you want to see a story, you get to shut your mouth and open your wallet. And as much as Justin Simeon has done 
he is not a black woman. And so he missed some opportunities and he did some things that were shady in that movie on accident. Um, and also underutilized Laverne Cox, which I'm tired of people Word. doing. <laughs> Give her her own movie. Give her her own movie to drive it. She's been ready, but that's fine. That's fine. You know, and we can we can support what we got, but I also think it's important to understand what we're digesting and not blindly applause uh, or even slow clap for things. So if you're going right. to go out and watch Bad Hair, just just think about what Sheree just said before you dive in. But it's a must. You must watch Hair Wolf. Again, it's a short film. It's not going to take too much of your time. And it's phenomenal. It is. It's like, it's what got me onto that filmmaker. Yeah. I I keep hoping she gets turned into full length someday and maybe have less executives in her way. So I'm going to say about that. Period. All right. What you got? Mm-hmm. I'm coming in with Bones because- I knew it! Bones- <laughs> 2001, Snoop Dogg, Pam Greer. It's usually free somewhere, but it hasn't been the last few months because I was going to do it for a different podcast. But she's back on Tubi because it's Black History Month and they remember us every February. If you don't know Bones, <laughs> over 20 years after his death by a gunshot, Jimmy Bones comes back as a ghost to wreak havoc on those who killed him and clean up his neighborhood. Again, it's Snoop Dogg, it's Pam Greer, it's Bianca Lawson. This is Black Giallo, and people are sleeping on it because they don't understand Giallo when there's Black people, and the Black people aren't sidekicks. And I'm just like, get over it. Right. Yeah. It's a little bit of a nerdy pet peeve of mine. And, you know, if y'all know me, one of the things that I hate most is know-it-alls. But I can't help but to feel like a know-it-all sometimes. There's been a couple new horror movies that have dropped, I want to say, in the last three to five years that are tagged as giallo, but are not Mm -hmm. really giallo, which has me thinking that people are a little bit confused on what giallo actually is. And when you, you know, you do a Google search for new giallo inspired films, Bones is not one of them, but I do believe it should be at the fucking top because Bones is actually black giallo. And nobody's talking about that except for Sheree the Slayer. Hello. And it makes me really sad because, yes, Snoop Dogg did a bunch of movies and not all of them are art. But, like, this is a legitimate time he did something. He's like, I I understand these references. I understand it. I respect it. I'm going to do it for the horror fans. And instead, people are like, LOL, so plain. And I'm like, get over it. We got a new movie now. Not so plain. Oh, my God. They will never let him know peace because he did some bad movies. If you were signing billions of dollar checks, you too would do some bad movies every once in a while. yeah. But this is one he actually cared about. And you can tell because it is art. Like I I was like, Uncle Snoop, is this for me? And he's like, yes, bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quote Snoop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I love, there's, there's a quote in the Hard Noir documentary, which I won't put as my official entry, but you should definitely still have it on your list. If you haven't seen it already, the Horror Noir documentary, you can find it on Shudder. But we have Ernest Dickerson there and who uh, directed Bones. And he's talking about uh, working with Snoop Dogg opposite Pam Greer. And Pam Greer is just kind of that bitch. And so Ernest Dickerson is telling the story about a scene where they have to kiss and how um, insane that was to watch Snoop Dogg just completely curl into himself and become a shell of a human because he gets to kiss 
legendary fucking Pam Greer, who I think that he said that he had like posters on his wall of her growing up, which is real fucking (laughs) full circle moment. But uh, speaking of Ernest Dickerson, uh, fucking legend. And honestly, where the fuck is he at? We need you right now. He's like the avatar when the world needed you most. He just, he just fucking vanished. But y'all should be, (laughs) that was crazy. Y'all should really be on Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. This is, is also art in a very different avenue. But this is a Tales from the Crypt movie. It's a little kooky. It's a little out there. But we were starring Jada Pinkett Smith, who turns out to be our first ever Black final girl. And that is fucking undeniable history. History. I, people sleep on that because, again, Black people, they're like, mm, it's Tales from the Crypt, but I see a Black person. And so they don't do it. And it's like, one of the better movies because we all saw the Tales from the Crypt movies because we weren't supposed to see them when we were kids. So we all saw all of them. This is the better one. Yeah. I'm telling y'all. <laughs> yeah. We also have uh, Billy Zane and he's just, he's just so fine. He is so fine. And like, yeah, he's fucking evil and we're not supposed to be rooting for him. But like, I also kind of am just because like, I don't know, man, like the sexual tension, maybe it's just me. And like, I'm just watching this movie horny, but like, I feel something. He looks so good. Jada Pinkett looks so good, you know, and she's got her short hair, like with crazy blonde. It's just giving. She showed up that way to film and they were like, well, we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) She's Jada Pinkett. You want to talk to Jada Pinkett about Uh -uh. that? You're just like, thank you for being here. (laughs) How can I assist you? I love that. I fucking love that. And I, I also love that because it's one thing to tell black women about their hair. She knew that she was going to deliver regardless. Like, it don't matter what my hair right. looks like. I'm going to look good regardless. And I'm going to show up and do the damn job, which she definitely did. It is really a loved film. Even today, this movie came out in 1995. Yeah. And you, hey, I think, you know, you you on the East Coast, you around the DMV area, you could probably get a really cool watch party with Girl That's Scary down at the Alamo DC very soon in tandem with Dread Central. Um, you might want to give it a Google. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Because like this and Set It Off are my two favorite Jada Pinkett roles. And she did a lot of shit before she got married. She did a lot of shit, like A Little Dirty Shame. She was in all the genres. But I think that this and Set It Off are the two that I think about first when I think about her. Because they are that damn good. Mm-hmm. I saw a meme that pissed me off the other day. And it was uh, a meme of Brandy from I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. And it was like, uh, it, it was just like a, a, a reprise of that LL Cool J meme that goes around every mm-hmm. Halloween. That's like, LL Cool J was the first ever black man to survive a horror movie, which is completely false. But I saw another one last week and it was uh, trying to tell me that Brandy was the first woman to survive a horror movie and i'm like hello but jada pinkett was like right there people love to be wrong on the internet and that's why i got to spend less time on the internet (laughs) they love being wrong but ultimately i won't because your girl is chronically online all right give us another one so i think it's time to talk about blade because wesley snipes was our black vampire who kicked off the Marvel universe, even though nobody was to give him the credit for it. Because like, I remember when like we were all going to Wakanda, people were like, this is the first time we've led anything. Like, no, 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 they reset Marvel, but Wesley was there. We can have both, but get your history right, people. (laughs) If you've not seen Blade, it's a trilogy now. I'm here for the first one. 
I'll watch the other two, but like, choose your own ending. Um, Wesley Snipes plays a half vampire, half mortal man who becomes a protector of the mortal race while slaying evil vampires. Blood Rain. It's like uh, I said about that. I'm not even going to give you the context. Just know. Just yo, know. that fucking scene, like, single-handedly created an entire aesthetic. And we're a better society. We are. That. We definitely are. Being around, like, the New York City club scene, um, I have a homie that works real closely with, like, the post-industrial goth club scene and every single time i pull up to meet him it's just an emulation like the only thing that's missing is the blood coming from the ceiling it's i'm in the the blood rave from from blade every single time it was a moment it still exists to this day the the generation of memes and gifts that you see on twitter is like every fucking 30 seconds there's a reference to this one and yes it is true that blade birthed the marvel cinematic universe but nobody wants to give credit to this black man, we're going to give it to Robert Downey Jr., which, sure, okay, I, I love me some Rob. And, like, he definitely deserved all of his praise with Iron Man. But it started with Blade. It started with Wesley Snipes. Yes, it did. And this movie is also disrespected in a different way because people won't acknowledge that it's horror. And mm. I'm just like, I'm sorry, how many vampires got to fight for you to consider it That's horror? What is the Bro, count? there is <laughs> blood raining from the ceiling in the club. Listen. Am, am I tripping? Like... How how many more buckets of blood and how many people must be bitten for you to say it's horror? Like, what is the goalpost? What today? is the Tell threshold? Me. How many buckets of blood do I need for y'all to get this shit through y'all heads? I don't understand. Right. I do not understand. Right? I saw no vampires that speak no evil, and yet that's a Ooh, horror movie. Now you you get mean. <laughs> Look at you. You getting nasty now. All right. Let me give my my final suggestion, which I I think has to be get out. I think yes. it's the obvious option, but it is a very, very important option. Um, I don't think I need to tell you why. I don't think I need to read the synopsis at all. But what I will say about this movie is that this single-handedly kickstarted a a whole new um, era of horror filmmaking, which we now call jet horror, which is uh, black horror from around the early 2010s to present. Um, and after Get Out, we've seen a huge, a huge fucking boom. Um, Get Out was uh, with the Blumhouse production company. After Get Out fucking made waves, it was, we had Monkey Paw. And Monkey Paw is doing the work one step at a time. We only have one Monkey Paw, but imagine what another 10 years could bring us. Oh, Lord. I'm excited for our Monkey Paw to be our overlords. <laughs> I think that this is why I was born in this era, to suffer and then be like, yes, thank you, Monkey Paw. These are my state-issued outfits. <laughs> These are my state-issued drinks. <laughs> um, I'm going to the theater again. Because, like, we all knew Jordan Peele could get wild. Because we all saw Key and Peele. We saw some of those sketches. But this was the one where he was like, here's what I'm doing. And he's not failed us yet. He's got three movies out at the moment. He's got another one coming out later this year. I'll be there on Christmas Day because that's what Uncle Jordan said to do. And all three of his movies so far are bops. Again, white people like to pretend that they don't understand things. And so they're like, mm, nope, it's not a horror movie. Mm, I didn't get us. Fuck y'all. All three of them are great. All three of them are horror movies. I'm sorry you don't have taste. But like Get Out is what started it all. And that's why we're all here. And that's why the white people are still like, the new Get Out. And it's never the oh. new Get Out. It just talks See, about See, let me say something about that real quick. That's a red flag. That is one of the biggest re new red flags that has emerged in recent years. But if I, I just don't like people 
comparing a film that is either directed by a black person or has black leads. It's like Get Out. It's not. It's not like Get Out. There's just brown people there. And that's the only parallel y'all can make. So Mm -hmm. uh, take that with a grain of salt, please. It's literally code for I see two black people in (laughs) the artwork and it talks about race. That's it. And I'm just like, that doesn't mean it's like, get out. Like a lot of movies, a lot of media does that. They're not all like, get out. And they love to throw that bandaid on shit. Cause like they said, Strays was the new get out. And I was like, stop the train, let me off. You know what's (laughs) hilarious is as you were talking about that, I literally just looked up the Strays because I watched this movie and y'all, this is not on our list. This does not (laughs) count. Sheree still has one more and it's, it's not this one. But um, I remember watching this film and then I went straight to Letterboxd afterwards to see what the, what the community had to say. And I'm going to read I'm going to read a couple ones real quick. Uh, this review from Jacob of The Strays. If an AI generated a Jordan Peele film, this is what it would look like. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, this one says directed by Porden Geel. I Love cannot. that. Absolutely. Um, this last one might be my favorite. It's like, nope, but nope. Well, if you need a good laugh this Black History Month, I uh, I guess I could recommend The Strays on Netflix. But otherwise, I just, I say all this to say that if you, if you see somebody relating a film to Jordan Peele's Get Out, don't, don't, don't take that too seriously. No, 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 no. Um, mistakes are made. Um, mistakes are made. <laughs> My last title I'm going to throw out is Candyman 2021 because Nia DaCosta did the damn things. Also another Monkey Prop production. It is the Candyman that I wish we could have had earlier in life. But also I think it takes the lore and what happened with the original trilogy and turns it around in this very artistic way. Mm. We have Yaya's fine ass. I just, I love looking at him and all the things he does. I'm keeping him lifted forever and always. We have Tayana Paris playing Brianna, which we all were like, did you choose that name on purpose? Because of the time that it was coming out. Um, and it's, right, right. There's so many levels and layers to any Monkey Pop production if you just like really sit with it. And I think that's part of the reason why people are just like, if you don't spend food to me, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. And it's like, I can, because I was living in Indiana around the time this was announced <laughs> and things are very racist there and it was very close to Kentucky. And so I, I saw things in it already, but we, what this movie does that I really love is it takes all of these ideas and all of the history and it really talks about who should be telling the stories and what the, we are owed from these stories and what do we owe our history? And it does it in a very smooth, succinct way. And we also make sure that Brianna gets to have a little bit of anger at the end and manifest, well, I don't want to say manifest. She turns all of this into a way of getting out of a situation and getting some revenge. I think all my movies have a revenge thread now that we're here, but you know what? Hey, with the power of spite, (laughs) anything is possible. Through spite, right? And so I love that we see Anthony played by Yaya's finance, um, who's kind of, abusing the history and trying to like profit for white people, which is an artist struggle. There's so many struggles in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, and then we see her at the end be like, no, I get it. I'm downloaded. Here's what we're going to do with it. 
Um, and so I'm just like, ooh, 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 shivers, shivers every time I watch it. Yeah, you can say that again. I I loved the the most recent rendition of, of Candyman. I think it's a really great follow-up to the original. If you're yes. going to go there, watch the original Candyman and then watch this one. You could just skip over the other ones entirely. Don't I'm sure that. they have some sort of silver lining. Tony Todd got paid. Yep. that's There, there it is. Right there. <laughs> Tony Todd got paid and that's we it. love that. Love it. But this is this is a direct sequel to the original. I would love for the public to give Nia DaCosta her flowers. This is not a Jordan Peele movie, although he definitely put his foot in there to help make this shit happen under Monkey Paw. Mm-hmm. This is this is a femme presented film. This is a film by Nia DaCosta. It's Nia DaCosta's Candyman. Don't forget that, y'all. And I agree. I think this was a really great use of the lore because Candyman lore is that's some real shit. And we get some background information. Um, again, there's like multiple ways to view this film that I think is relate- relatable, not just to black people, but to artists, to low income people that have at one point been displaced through gentrifications in their homes. And I think the the Candyman lore like supports all of that shit real heavily. It was physically a, a beautiful film. We had some really fun kills and unique ones. Yes. I'm thinking about that one that one kill from way far away in the building. Yeah. Oh, that was that shit was yeah. sick. Listen, I was like, I'm taking an art class. I did not know I was enrolling. Yep. Thank you, Mr. Costa. Like, Thank you. <laughs> anyway, watch this one. Give Nia DaCosta her flowers. Give filmmakers their flowers. Give Black Horror their flowers. Um, uh, I guess what I will say before we wrap this shit up is open your fucking wallets this month. Make a purchase from a Black-owned business. Um, if you have a homie that is coming out with a film, you know, send him 15 bucks on that Kickstarter, show up in person mm-hmm. to the screening because, you know, a- attending and showing up is, is also a form of payment, but you know, no one else is going to do it. So it's kind of on us. We can hoot and holler all we want for more black spaces, more black owned businesses, more black horror, black films. But we got to take responsibility and actually show up and stream them legally, you know, get those numbers up. Don't pirate to show these people that that we're kind of what's up and look at this list of movies and look how much more we could do. Look how much fucking more looking at Marvel if and when that Blade movie ever fucking comes out. I don't know if it will, but when it does, if it does, I'll be here ready to give my money and prove to you that that we too spend money. Crazy. I imagine it'll screen my first day in the retirement home. I, I've i got my loose sleepwear I'm going to wear already because I assume I'll be about the same size. And it'll like complement my walker that I envision myself It's got having. her muumuu ready. Like, Iron out the muumuu. Listen, right? I'm like, I remember when Marsha Ali said he was going to do this. <laughs> 84 years ago. <laughs> He's dead. He's definitely dead at this point. <laughs> no. Me and him have held on for spite. He'll hey. be the oldest blade and I'll be the oldest fan. That's fine. Yo, it takes two. It takes two to tango. <laughs> but anyway, y'all, um, have a very enlightened Black History Month. Thank you for coming back to Blurdy for our season three. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a real, real good one. Um, if you are new and you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok at Blurdy Massacre. If you love us, if you like us, 
Um, please rate and review the podcast on Apple and or Spotify. If you don't like us very much, then please just fuck off. We don't need your negativity. Through the power of spite, we are persevering anyway. And also, uh, new to the season, you can also hit up our Patreon for unfiltered, unedited video recordings. Uh, and you can see how nasty we really get. We really get nasty. Yeah, y'all. So until next time, stay beautiful, stay blessed, stay blurdy, stay black. Happy Black History Month. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.